creeds and criticism meet. Split Frame of Reference Podcast. And welcome back to the Split Frame of Reference Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Allison. And today we're going to be giving you an update on our lives. Yay. And then also on egalitarian parenting. That's going to be most of the episode. Yeah. And it's been uh, an interesting, well, year and some change uh feels like it's been much longer than that uh but just a quick thing uh the cat is currently on the table and he has got that look in his eye so if you hear something crack or shatter or loud purring or meowing that's him and, and no- our child wailing and crying potentially in the background will be him not wanting to take his nap yep and so we're not neglecting him he's just refusing to go to sleep so as usual yeah um so yeah life has taken a bit of a turn um i uh i'll I'll go first i I resigned my position uh in as an associate pastor um nothing goofy happened no scandals or anything just a difference of nick did not expose a human trafficking ring no 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 and i was not a daredevil or batman on the side or anything and i got found out and i'm in witness superhero witness protection that did not happen either um, but it's just a difference of opinion on certain key things and theology and all this sort of stuff. And I'd say a radical job uh, description change. I think a lot of us have been there. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm sure many of you who are in ministry know just how things go often in these things. But yeah. And we couldn't we couldn't survive where we were living financially, so we had to move. And that's also unfortunately um, chain uh reaction i had to uh quit my job um because we had to move from where we were because we couldn't afford it not we weren't living in a very wealthy place to begin with um so we are needless to say our lives got radically disrupted very quickly and suddenly and so that's one reason we haven't been um here with you guys we really wanted to um after a while um, nick was able to resume some stuff on YouTube, um, but I've been carrying a pretty hefty load for a bit. Um, you know, good stuff. Um, I had to find my own equilibrium. Um, I'm now working for National University doing administrative work that was, I'd say, um, somewhat comparable to what I was doing before, mm-hmm. um, except I get to work with military veterans. Yeah. And um, I'm also adjuncting, uh, doing some uh, teaching for theology and Bible for Houston Baptist University, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, it's it's awesome, and uh, I, I'm working part time, just retail to make make a few bucks here and there. Um, doing some contract research work on the side seems to be kind of dry at the moment. And preaching. And preaching on on requests throughout our, our region. Um, so if you're if you're anywhere in Texas and are looking for a pastor, hit me up. <laughs> um, but yeah, that just give you guys a uh, just kind of a brief update on on life and. All of that sort of stuff. Life, as we all know it in a post-pandemic world, is complex and seems like it changes very often. But we're in good health. We are in Southern California, and we're enjoying uh, the daily bread the Lord seems content to Amen. give to us. So, Allison, what's uh, what are we talking about next today? Our child. <laughs> our child. Our unique child. Yeah, so um, to give you guys some context, uh, Nick and I just did not see a lot of really quality works on egalitarian parenting. So if you guys have some, send them our way. We'd love to see them. I'll give you some idea. I th- what I have seen seems 
radically disconnected. And I know some of you guys feel this too, where the world has changed radically from, you know, when our grandparents to our parents, um, mm -hmm. to even Generation X to Millennials to Zoomers and on. Um, nothing's the same. So um, what I read was this um, really wonderful couple who had uh, both decided we need to both be involved in our kids' lives. So we're going to both just work part-time. It'll all work out. We'll be able to financially uh, provide for ourselves. Um, we won't live as lavishly, but we'll be able to provide for ourselves and spend a bunch of time with our kids. And Which yeah. is wonderful. That's a wonderful idea. And if you can afford to do that, wonderful. Yeah, I guess just most of us can't afford that. Can't, can't afford that. Um, no. I, most of my friends, um, so back when I was um, doing fundraising for the Charles E. Fuller Scholarship at Fuller, um, I remember um, just hearing just some of the sometimes people were under the impression that, um, for instance, people just needed to get summer jobs um, sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, yep. you know, it's the same I, that I've heard from other church folk um, around my time. And yep. again, a lot of well-meaning stuff. So I think one church uh, member I talked to, I forget where where we were attending church at the time, but um, had asked something like, oh, well, I paid for school, for instance, full-time as a summer piano teacher. Another person had worked um, retail and paid for their entire education that way. And yep. so they didn't understand the need for scholarships and other things. And, you know, they just not realizing that tuition has radically risen. Um, inflation has been an issue. Um, a lot of them, they grew up during the economic boom where things were different. And so same thing goes for parenting. Um, most of the people um, around the time I was a student were working, I don't know, three to four part-time jobs. Uh, that might not yeah. be an um, overestimate. Um, I know a lot of people in my age group have actually risen through the ranks finally. Um, mm -hmm. They've gotten some opportunities. So I know some of my people in my age group are now managers and directors. Um, most of us are not. Most of us were low-paying jobs, maybe several, just to get by, to pay for school. Um, if we're paying out of pocket or if um, we have children to raise. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's maybe the, the larger situation. And then, um, again, every kid is unique, too. Yeah. I, I mean, our son uh, is not running around smashing cars against cars. He's he's not doing any of that. He's He loves classical music, for example. He loves listening to... Nat King Cole and Ella Fitzgerald and Pavarotti and and, Me Me and Metallica actually he, he has a Metallica song he really likes um, loves his numbers he he loves hinges and oh Armstrong and he loves Louis Armstrong loves uh, Louis he, Armstrong he loves doors he loves seeing how things work he loves uh, addition he loves words and books and he, he, like this is a kid who's operating just like mega mind almost to give you guys an example um and I, we may have mentioned this before um he said his first words at two and a half months um he actually spoke before then we just didn't catch on for a bit um because mm -hmm. we weren't expecting it because well, um, your kid doesn't talk at two months yeah and now uh he is reading everything and almost everything he can in sight he's doing some basic addition and subtraction um as and he's two and a half he's, he's not even two and a half years he's old. not yet. even two and a half yeah um, he loves math. It's one of those things where he's starting to say his full ABCs, but he actually already knows what each individual capital and lowercase letter is, the sound it makes. Um, he understands what he's reading, too. He has a very 
Um, he like he he's really good at com- comprehending what's happening around him. Um, he understands and wants to know how things work. We find our appliances get disassembled regularly if we don't keep an eye on him, and mm-hmm. he knows how to undo all our locks. Yep. On the doors. And he's also sweet, gives kisses, makes eye contact, and watches you explain things. And if you if he's not being a two-year-old and throwing a hissy fit, because that happens sometimes, uh, he'll actually, l- you'll see him learn on the spot how to do something. Yeah. Um, and like, he'll, he'll, he'll respond just very, very quickly and very, very naturally, it seems. So... We're dealing. This isn't everyone's kid. Um, your kid may be different. Your kid may be way smarter. May all these sorts of things. But so we're just speaking from this specific context. And you know, if the shoe fits, wear it. If it doesn't, by all means, continue running the mile in your shoes. But we just want to give you a couple principles that we've kind of seen in reflection about how things work in parenting. This wonderful little bundle of what is going on in our yeah. lives. Yeah. And with gifted kids, one of the um, things that come oftentimes is they do have difficulty more than usual falling asleep um mm-hmm. and then also um i know sometimes they can be quite emotional um i don't know that he he's within normal two-year-old range um, yeah. but he he is extremely perfectionistic and it was weird trying to explain to people that we had a perfectionistic baby he holds himself to a very high standard and gets really upset and he wouldn't believe me when i tried to tell him like that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. adults like it when little ones uh talk even if it's not perfect because um two-year-olds and babies don't sound like adults yet but we like it a lot and he he just like no Mm -hmm. um then he had to see another parent uh just fawning over their kid you know who's a baby and saying a few words and he was like oh okay yeah maybe Mm -hmm. maybe mom knows a thing or two (laughs) yeah maybe just maybe but we've got kind of three principles we've been kind of reflecting on and there's always more you could add and nuance, but the three are, and I'll, I'll just read them right here. One is uh, shared authority. Um, the other is gift-based. And the other is, uh, you might call it a, a shared vision. Um, and it's one of those just to kind of, it helps to just have the conversation with your, your spouse um, and just kind of learn, you know, what do we want of our child? Because, I mean, some people, I mean, I know what I want my kid to be. I want my kid to be president, pastor, and hockey mm. hockey player, mm-hmm. you know, like, which is obviously, I mean, he could do all three. He probably would be awesome at all that. So we'll get but, into that. But, but <laughs> just, having a shared, just having a shared vision of, of, of what we expect of him, but also of what we expect of one another. Yeah, and it's not um, coming up with a roadmap for your chosen future career of your child. Yeah, but I know. Anyway, I know. I know. sorry. Yeah. So why don't you launch into shared authority, Nick? So the first one, um, just recognizing uh, that uh, mama and dada are are different, but have uh, unique and shared kind of, uh, basically... Mom and dad are both in charge. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Mom and dad are both in charge. And that can look in many different ways. One would be um, standing up for uh, your spouse. So for example, Nolan, you know, is throwing it, you know, he's not happy and he, eh, on mama, right? You know, you know, smack, you know, he doesn't hit, not in the face, you know, just like, eh, he's just twitching and stuff. And you just jump in and say, up, oh, you don't, you don't hit mama. Or if he does it to me, Allison goes, up, oh, you don't hit dad, dad. And kind of speaking up for, for the other, you know, and, and kind of interceding and letting him know that you have uh, kind of a shared mindset of, of, of authority in this. Or life. if dad said no, the answer is no and, and if, vice versa. Yeah. If mom says no, then you can't do it. You know, sorry. And, you know, that leads into the um, supporting one another, having each other's back in that regard. Even deferring sometimes. Oh, ask mom, (laughs) ask ask dad. Ask dad, yeah. Although, um, I will say this, uh, we have, and uh, I think, Nick, you had earlier referred to this as intentional deference, because sometimes you have to think intentionally and not just 
assume it's going to be automatic. Mm -hmm. um, and then after a while, it will be. But yeah. Yeah, just intentionally going, all right, all right. In, in society, at least in the church, you know, we, there, no church is perfect, but you and I hope to attend an egalitarian church where women are at the pulpit, for example, and they're involved in all this sort of stuff. And it's important for us to see, you know, women are different, but uh, equal and um, united to men in service and ministry and all these sorts of things. And seeing a sort of he reinforcing in him that value of of the uh, equality and full participation of women in church and in society and that women are different but women are not subordinate or and these differences oh. are more na like kind of neighboring gender differences mm -hmm. as uh, van lewin says um rather than a opposites or mars and venus right. so i would say nick and i have slightly different styles um and different emphases mm -hmm. um we're not radically that different maybe some are personality differences as well yeah um but i will say um maybe one um stereotypical gender difference between the two of us is nick loves to throw nolan up in the air um mm -hmm. i do not have those arms mm -hmm. i love throwing him around and basically it's like a pinata in a hurricane it's just it's just it's it's fun and he loves it yeah and yeah. then um i think nick you probably do a lot more overall roughhousing with him Oh, yeah. Well, I, I chase him around, you know, like the scary monster. I'm going to get you, you know, kind of thing and kind of rough and tumble, you know, stuff like that. Obviously not getting him hurt or anything, but, you know, understanding like, all right, no, let's go up on top of the thing. Let's go do this. Let's jump off. I mean, you do that, too, to uh, some extent. A little bit. I think I'm a little more personally, a little more controlled. Um, so mm -hmm. I actually do try to teach him a little jujitsu. Uh, mm hmm. I'm, I'm trying early. Um, he's going to have to wait a bit before he goes with mom. Yeah. But um, I would say maybe my play is a little bit more controlled. So, like, I'll have a tickle monster that comes, um, mm -hmm. but he can, like, swat it away easily. It just, again, just slightly different styles there. Um, not altogether full sail, like, uh, mom never rough houses with Nolan. Um, and dad never reads to him, you know, sort of thing. I read to him all the time. Yeah, we both read to him quite a bit, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that I probably um, take point on his education more um, in terms of teaching him uh, math and... Math specifically, although I, I've started really focusing on having him read, like yeah. letters and numbers and stuff, getting used to that, and symbols too. He's He's a big fan of all of that. But it, it really just depends on, you know, we're, we're letting him, and this is another thing too, is giving your child some sense of autonomy, but not yeah. complete autonomy, you know, because then you run into the issue of, you know, the tail wagging the dog, and that just, it's not a good relationship because it's just not based on anything. And for Nolan, he's already drawn to numbers and reading, so it's not something we have to encourage him to do. Um, he also loves doing regular, like, two-year-old stuff, like opening, closing doors. Coloring. Um, he gets so excited when there's stairs, um, because if someone has stairs in their house, um, our stairs going up to our building are treacherous, so we don't let him go up and down on that. He mm -hmm. just loves it. He'll just go up and down, up and down. Um, he loves running around. Uh, he has like there's a game that uh, him and Dad came up with where he he sees uh, his Hobbs toy peeking around the corner, and then he comes running, and then Hobbs like gets Jump, jumps out and bumps into his face. We also have a game called Boom, where yeah. he runs to the end of the hall. Then I sit on the ground, and he runs the entire way and slams into me, and I topple over. Boom! You know, kind of thing. So, rough housing, you know, creating games like that. And I'd say the reading, though, and the math are more like games. Mm -hmm. um, and that's yeah. kind of more where I take over a lot more, I would say, of those uh, more intentional things, making sure we buy um, particular items um, mm -hmm. or, yeah. you know, borrow them, um, finding him paints. He loves to draw. Um, he loves that, yeah. Yeah, and for a while he was loving music, so we let him do stuff like that. Um, so, you know, different styles, um, maybe matching also just different personalities as well. Yeah, and that leads into gift-based. Um, and that's something I think where our egalitarianism 
um, probably has its most vivid expression, if that's yeah. a word for it. One would be, obviously, you know, mom having a more um, focus on mathematics and stuff like that, but not exclusively. But Mom's just... not good at math. Let's put it this way. Neither of us are mathematicians. No, we're um, not. But we're doing the best we can here. Um, later, we're going to need some help. Yeah. But part of it, you know, dad does got a big upper body and can throw Nolan around. Like, True. Can throw him around like, you know, like a pinata. It's great and fun. Mama can't do that. I mean, she could, but she probably hurt herself. Yeah, that's. But, I'll pass on it. <laughs> but but Mama knows jujitsu and knows controlled movement, whereas Dad is kind of oafish and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. And so you can see, you know, the gift of knowing jujitsu, knowing control, knowing how to when to strike, what to do this, and kind of you know an ability to turn it off and on um, is very valuable to a kid. There's a structure to it, and so um, our gifts. You know, we both love. You know, it, it, maybe this is part of a prayer, too. Uh, we pray with, try to pray with them every night, you know, as before we go to bed. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we do is um, Mama usually is really good at bringing out um, what he needs to be thankful for. That's something I noticed, at least when, when you pray with him. And we, we all pray together. For me, it's usually um, uh, trying to get him to, to acknowledge things bigger than himself. You know, like, you know, there's a, a, there's a God out there, there's a world out here, his son Jesus, here, all these sorts of things, and trying to teach him. We both try to teach him those kind of basic things. Um, but something you do that I love is God always hears you. You know, so you can think in your head. If he doesn't have the words to say or he can't say them, he can think them in his heart, you know, in his, in his mind, and God yeah. hears it. Because it's not, prayer time's not um, practice speaking time. Right. Especially when you're a perfectionist. Right. And we don't want him to, and, and, that's, part, and that's part of the gift. We don't, well, the gift base, we don't want him to be thinking in terms of, I got to be perfect to pray, you know, and that's something we, um, I think mama's gift and uh, thinking that through and uh, something I bring in, in relation to that gift um, is a sense of um, uh, questions are good. Why is this? What is this? You know, all this sort of stuff. And he, he loves questions. He may not, you know, say it, but he'll go, what is this? Or, blah. you know, he'll kind of, and he'll want to know how stuff works. And it's been, oh, good question. I make sure to say, good question. That's, that's a really, I, I don't know the answer because dad doesn't know what uh, makes the son do that. You know, I have no idea. And so. Yeah, he wants to know how everything works. Mm-hmm. Um, we know some things and not others. Uh, he's very much a, how does this mechanism work? I need to figure this out. Um. Yeah, dad's expertise extends to participles and tense forms in, in <laughs> Greek, and that's kind of that's kind of it. My my expertise is a little low after that. Yeah, he he. We bought a ABCs of engineering book for Nolan, and he absolutely loves it. Oh, he's over the moon, over um, the moon for it. We learned what, or I learned what a Carnot engine is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an ideal heat engine. Yep. Yay, mom. And so uh, we've talked about shared authority and uh, gift being gift-based. And what's the, the third uh, kind of thing? Um, so shared vision. And I think this would also include um, finding a work-life balance um, mm-hmm. where um, obviously um, we have pretty full lives um, that yeah. are, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, we've been in situations, obviously, where we have been in financial crisis. Yeah. Um, and I mean, currently, I would say I'm the main breadwinner for the family with mm-hmm. uh, my administration job um i think uh i mean sometimes i think you know folks don't realize how much you know others actually get paid and that you know versus cost of living especially you know again just generational difference some of Mm -hmm. these folks they already had their house you know so just like you know generational differences you know not realizing um, when you don't make very much and childcare is um, well over a thousand dollars a month, minimally, um, and you're not probably getting very good childcare if you're spending just a thousand dollars. Yeah, a month. so you know it's 
it's it's a tricky situation and anyway um so i'm again i'm working a full-time job a part-time job um i've done that like forever um sometimes uh several part-time jobs and also doing a phd program and you know obviously i have a little one and um i'll put it this way you you just you do have to just make the time for the kid um sometimes you want to work on the dissertation too bad I know maybe the popular wisdom is to just say, yes, you can do it all. You know, women Mm -hmm. can do it all. Um, The reality is we can't. And um, there's a lot that we can do that we don't realize we can't. So, yes, it is possible to raise a family and do a Ph.D. program and work. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not it's not an easy thing. And you do need um, you need help with your spouse, obviously, to pull that off. Mm -hmm. Um, You need family to help you. I think a lot of women, um, it, the issue they have is called the, the double shift, where they're, they're generally societally expected to do it all now, um, where oftentimes the expectation is not the same on, on the man. And the reality is all of us, men and women, so much of what we can accomplish is actually based off of um, how much support we get from the community. Mm. And one of the insidious parts of, again, gender, gender discrimination is that you don't for one, for instance, excel so much in your career um, because you get, oh, I would say overt discrimination. Sometimes right. um, implicit bias is a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the reality that you have to navigate the best you can, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, anyway, all this to say, um, sometimes your kid's going to need you and you're not going to be able to work on the, that dissertation. And sometimes you're going to have to also work on that dissertation when you're dead tired because you've been yep. overextended already. And that's just what you got to do. Um, I wish it were easier, but it's not. And and part of that falls under having a, a shared vision, right? Yeah. And having, going back to deference, going back to, all right, I'll take him for six hours and you go out and go to the coffee shop and get what you need to get done. Exactly. You know? and, yeah. or, or vice versa. But having that um, shared vision, that uh, kind of understanding of, all right, here's, and not having defined roles in the sense of rigid, like concrete, like this is how it always must be. So there's there needs to be a bit of a bit of wiggle room and flexibility just given situations in life life yeah. is complex life changes life throws you curveballs and change ups so right now um nick's watching nolan during the day mostly um he's working night shifts mm-hmm. and um i'm working during the day um over the weekends um also some of the nights and you know again i'm still trying to do dissertation work so nick's taking a lot more of the child care responsibilities but i would say um, I'm very um, intentional and deliberately um, hanging out since I thankfully for me, um, I do work from home um, so I can take all sorts of moments like yeah. so my 15 minute break I can spend you know with Nolan or even you know as I go somewhere I can go give him kisses um, there it, there's a lot more flexibility there um, for my unique situation on that level and again like it's just we're, I'm going to play with Nolan for an hour. Um, I'm going to, if I go do dissertation work for a couple hours after I finish my other work, um, I'm going to make sure I'm back by a certain time so that I can have dinner with Nolan and um, play with him. Maybe we can go um, draw or go to the park. Um, maybe I'll take him to the playground and then I'll work on my dissertation late at night. Or maybe not today. Maybe I'm going to have to wait. Well, and, and I mean, usually how it goes for me is we're, we're out of the house, Nolan and I are going to the coffee shop and hanging out at the coffee shop for a half hour. Then we go down to the beach and I run around the playground for half hour to 45 minutes to an hour. He goes on the swing. He plays with the kids. He just goes around and has fun. 
we walk all the way back and he's doing tons of walking because i refuse to carry him <laughs> except when he's actually tired and then he goes and plays on another playground that's at a little church over here that they have set up and he just goes and plays there and then he comes back and then we do like books and reading and stuff like that then have lunch and kind of just go on the rest of the day and the day really just depends on whether or not i'm working in the evening or not yeah and in the morning um i usually wake up early um to you know get a try and get a variety of things done sometimes it just means like i just try my best to wake up period um, but I wake up early. Um, I try to make sure um, Nick or Nolan has um, the liquid he needs um, in the morning, some breakfast. I peer, peer in to see if he's awake already. Um, and if he is, um, he gets to hang out with mom and dad probably for about um, half hour to 45 minutes in bed with both of us and just have yep. mom and dad time or we would we, be just like silly with him and mm-hmm. um, tickle him and... Um, yeah. He, he he does have breakfast in bed with us sometimes. And, and, I, and I think and I think people and this is something you know I've had to learn and we're we're constantly learning, is uh, you can have high impact time. You know you yes. don't you only have a high half hour in the day and so you make the most out of that half hour. But there's also something you said about um, just normal time where all you're doing is just spending time. You may not be doing anything particularly dramatic or fun. You may not be going to the park, but just sitting there and watching him play, making eye contact with him. Like that's something I've noticed my days with him and i've noticed in the past like two or three weeks my days with him go so much smoother when i'm just sitting there watching him and he looks up and sees me looking at him and he gets a little smile like oh i'm being watched like i'm you know and that sort of stuff And he'll go on with what he's doing but he'll have an extra zing in his step yeah. then he'll look back over up oh, dad that's still watching okay and then you know when i when he goes down the slide same thing like he's watching yep. me make sure uh, okay you know and you just you learn how to communicate you learn how to understand and part of it is just trying to again gift-based and and having that shared vision of this kid is at the center of our lives and you know as much as we would both love to have a career where we're teaching tenure track at at hbu or fuller or truett or or baylor wherever it is you know those sorts of places you know at the end of the day this kid you know along with the triune god is at the center of our world and everything else for lack of a better word has to be conformed to that yeah i think you know at the end of the day just um as uh people and as believers um you really just can't make, I would say, your career and other things the center of your life. I know that's been kind of a staple in American culture where, you know, you're defined by your career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't think so. I, I think God's vision for our lives is really um, just following his example and loving others. Um, and your child is just a, a special part of that. And I think especially when, you know, God's given you um, just this precious little one to look after, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, even to extend, you know, this metaphorically to others, um, just if you're looking after others in the congregation, in the church, as a pastor or other things, really, I think what God cares about most is, you know, do we love him and love others? And hmm. what that means is, you know, you're, that, that kind of spells out your priorities for you. It doesn't mean all the other things don't happen. Um, it also means, you know, you take care of yourself too. So, um, I know it sounds like we're doing a crap ton of work all the time, and that's true, but um, it's also prioritizing rest, um, moments to breathe, um, and that's um, especially if you um, have, if you're, you know, a partner. Um, it's it's very difficult if you're single, but um, a single parent. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll have someone come and talk about that sometime. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just making sure you have that time to rest. Otherwise, you're going to crash hard. And um, But, yeah, anyway... Um, these other things are important too, um, career and other things, but um, 
don't forget the child. Like, seriously. Um, and get your priorities straight is what I would say. Well, and, and you, you can do both if you have... They're if, not antithetical. There right. we go. Yeah. And, and it's one of those where, you know, if you think about it, um, you, you have a calling, you have vocation, you have all these sorts of things. But at the end of the day, um, not even as a man, as a parent... The, 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 that's part of your calling. That's part of your calling. And not only that, it's... it's I, it's you want to talk about sancti- you know Ephesians five uses sanctification and marriage and kind of you know uses marriage as a way of doing that and same with one Corinthians seven, but sanctification also can include being a parent you know whether single or married yes it can um, I mean you certainly I mean I know I've learned way more about myself including some things that's like oh boy I didn't know that was there I didn't know I had to deal with that you know and it's one of those ways where God can use those sorts of things including your child as a means of sanctification and I think um, if you're if you have that vision of shared authority and gifts and vision and balance, uh, it, it's very um, rewarding in hindsight to just kind of lean into that and allow allow the spirit to kind of kind of move you in that. Yeah, and we're in an interesting time right now. And you know, Nick and I we we don't really discuss politics on the show. That's not what this is for. Um, but I think you know the elephant in the room obviously is. Um, everything's hyper-polarized and crazy right now. I think most people would agree with that. Um, and I would say on the whole, just in within um, Nick and I's uh, realm, uh, I would say there's a lot of what I'm going to call gender insecurity currently on both sides. Some of that's coming out in um, the news and other things. And um, I'll put it this way. Um, Nick and I also, part of being parents and being vigilant, um, have been... There, there are things that kids should not have to deal with. Those are adult issues. Um, they're not things that little ones need to be hearing on the news, especially when someone has a wickedly high comprehension level as a two-year-old. And is listening. And it, that's the thing I've noticed. Yeah. Is always listening. So it's, it, it's, it's worse than Alexa. Uh, he's always listening. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if something comes on the news, um, we're, nope. We're not, we're not listening to that. Um, we're, um, we've had our um, parents turn off uh, the news um, and my grandparents. Um, so some, some of our family members listen to Fox. Some of them listen to CNN nonstop. Um, and we're, we've had to have both of them say, nope, this is not for little ears. Sorry. Yeah. And again, this is uh, another point of intentionality uh, just because um, I think, again, when there's a lot of hyperpolarization and climate of fear, um, some of us, you know, do watch um, quite a bit of news. I would say Nick and, or I at least do actually listen and consume quite a bit of news um, from various sources. And, you know, again, that's not for your child to have to listen to 24-7. And uh, sometimes you have to remind other people that <laughs> well, and, very and, nicely. And it's one of those two where there, there's a time and a place. Yeah. But- I remember I, I you, you look back and I, I don't want to sound old, but yeah. there is a sense in which a child should be formed before he or she hears things that are just incredibly confusing or incredibly complex. Yeah. And what we want Nolan to do is once he's of age and that can be determined, at, you know, via context and, and all that. Um, if he doesn't know how to think about anything, doesn't have the tools to think, then yeah. none of this is going to make sense, and it's going to be worse for him. And thinking biblically about things. Yeah, thinking, you know, how, what does Scripture say about this? What does, you know, what does the church said about this? What does our culture say about this? What did our parents say about this? And being um, wise in what we allow him to consume. I mean, there's certain things on, I mean, you know, um, I, I'm just, it's one of those where, 
I've seen right wing stuff and left wing stuff. And I'm like, boy, this is just not healthy for adults. This is certainly not healthy yeah. for, for children who have no context for anything. And I mean, I remember being at church, uh, not my previous church where I was, but being in church and the parents are talking about, you know, climate change with mm. their like five-year-old there. And the kid looks like the kid's going to have a panic attack. And the kid has no yeah. context for any of this. And the kid looks like it, the kid's about to pass out. And the parents just keep going on about how the world's going to end if, you know, these evil people don't do this and the politicians don't do this and the corporations don't do this. And I'm sitting there, the kid just looks like the kid wants to die. And yeah, I'm just, just being there, mindful. And it's just like, okay, look, there may, maybe the kids, you know, maybe this kid can handle it. Maybe this kid can't. But there's such a thing as just going, all right, hold on, just pump the brakes and allow the kid to be a kid yeah. and allow the kid to actually think and grow into this without basically scaring the living you-know-what out of him or her. Yeah, and some things have absolutely no... And again, like some of these topics you can talk to your child about, obviously. Um, this was an example of an inappropriate way. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we're not... Everyone's going to... Our listeners are going to have different views. Um Again, like things are weird right now anyway, so maybe even the traditional labels don't really apply right. that much. Um, but you're all going to have different, you know, political opinions and, you know, there's different ways to, you know, just talk about those with your kids sometimes. Um, and some things really, though, don't have any appropriate place. And, you know, we'll just say, no, like it's inappropriate for very little ones to be involved in bizarre beauty pageants where they're made to look like adult women if they're if they're little girls um Mm -hmm. and to be so consumed with appearance at that age and no like drag is not appropriate for kids like it it should go without saying um that's not a child thing you know kids are not little kids like our two-year-old that's that's inappropriate at his age right and it gets into all sorts of areas where uh, if if a child doesn't have an aware and I'm and I'm not using purity culture as a, as a linchpin, I think it's terrible. Yeah. But having having a sense of self worth, having a sense of holiness and of sacredness of the human body, um, needs to be cultivated cultivated before and that gets cultivated. You know, if, if your kiddo sees pornography at age three, um, and doesn't see it at age three, that kid's that kiddo is going to be markedly different. You know, in five years. You know, yeah. and, and these sorts of things do impact your kiddos. And teaching abstinence, you know, before marriage in a biblical context is not the same as purity culture. That's this whole other spin on that. And um, there's another category you can think of in mm-hmm. terms of chastity that doesn't have the "you're soiled forever" kind right. of vibe um but yeah I'll, I'll put this way nick and i are also 100 percent against purity culture and we oh, yeah. think what's called purity culture and we think that causes problems with kids as well but we are all for biblical values and uh teaching your kids what the bible says and again age appropriate like my, my little two-year-old does need, not need to be taught sex ed at this age. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those, I, if he comes to me with a question and it, he's seven years old, then we have that conversation. And we may have some unique questions come up with this kid, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's one, of, again, context being what it is. But um, they're, they're, one of the things is if you, and this is something that gets learned very early on, how you treat your body matters, yeah. how you treat one another matters. How, and that gets before you talk about sex or all this other stuff if and you know for example our son loves to hit his he when he gets upset he hits himself on the head you know smack 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 and i'm having to constantly tell him no your, your head is good your brain is good be gentle with yourself you know and and that's not and that has implications in five to you know three to five to ten years you know or 15 years when it's 18 you know and you begin to cultivate those values of how you treat yourself how you treat your body and he gets so upset because he wants to get everything perfectly. And so exactly. he'll, he'll smack his head or his own hand like, don't, I shouldn't have done that. It's like, no, you're, you're two. You're two. <laughs> like, yes, you're going on timeout for something, but no, you don't need to smack yourself either. Yeah. 
And it's just, it's, it's providing a, a positive vision of what it means to be human. Yeah. And those things, shared authority, gift-based, you know, vision and balance, um, ultimately, I think, help kind of, at least for us, have navigated this this time. And things change. Things get nuanced. There were things, you know, the, it doesn't, the shoe doesn't fit, so throw it out the window. But those are some of the things that we've been reflecting on and, and living out <laughs> to the best yeah. of our ability, 100 miles an hour at the time. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's what we've been thinking about and what we have to offer you today. Um, let us know what your thoughts are. If you're parents, you know, single or married, of course, um, or if you're uh, a person who's uh, basically got a kiddo in your life, you know, nephew or niece that you're very close with, um, keep them in your prayers and view them as as a as a resource of of holiness and, and sanctification and joy. They're they're wonderful. Kiddos yeah. are wonderful. And you know, ultimately, it's about um, helping your little one just, or your your niece or nephew, um, realize their own gifting, the unique gifts that God's given them, mm-hmm. um, and the calling that He's given all of us to love others, and how their own unique gifting um, fits into that. Mm-hmm. And you know, we, I and I I could see Nolan thinking very deeply when I told him like that. You know, God gave him the this gift with mathematics and ability to read. Um, he still doesn't believe me that other kids can't do this yet or that mom and dad couldn't, like, do this kind of level of mathematics at Definitely. his age. I still can't. Yeah. At my age, I can't. Yeah, well, I, I think you can add sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, Barely. Uh, you know, it's, again, they, they're, they, they're, each one is unique and just helping them to realize God's vision for their lives and the unique shape it's going to take. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're wonderful. So uh, those are our principles. Those are our ideas. Those are our reflections. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Sorry we've been uh, a little bit off the grid, but keep us in your prayers and let us know in comments, emails, tweets, Facebook messages, all that, um, what y'all are going on with. And uh, just thank you for for listening. Yeah, and if you have any tips, let us know and, and 